This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 390 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Guilt-free food, listener, Lindsay, and chicken warmer. Please support our sponsors as they make the show possible. Our sponsors this week are Bed in a Box, Uncle Jimmy's, Clary in Lexington, and Road to the Horse. This week, Glenn and Helena talk equestrian fitness with uh, Rachel Pellison. Plus, the listener of the week is Lindsay Roush from Indiana, and Tack and Habit goes to the chickens. Listen in. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Thank you for joining us today. And as you can hear, uh, Helena's having, or we're having, it's all of us are having a little bit of sound issues today, and we cannot seem to overcome them. So we're going to do the best we can. We're going to get a show in, but we might be a little garbled at points. But the content is so interesting, just ignore it. <laughs> we're so okay. good you just ignore it because okay. just ignore so it good. all right i'm gonna like i'm gonna put my face so close to my mickey mouse mic no here. no no that was even worse back up a little oh guns <laughs> always yelling at me get closer to your mic get closer to your mic i know <laughs> right. yeah i don't know what's going on today we've tried rebooting we've tried rebooting routers we i think skype is just an issue and as you guys know you've listened to us for a long time we can't battle the skype demons ourselves they're just beyond us that's microsoft's job so Microsoft we're gonna do yep. what the best we can to get through today we have a fun show planned for you with a lot of good stuff coming up i wanted to mention right off the top that road to the horse is coming up next month a little over a month from now and for the first time ever the horse radio network is thanks to horselovers.com the horse radio network will be providing over eight hours of live programming from road to the horse including the only live coverage of the finals day on sunday if you want to listen to what's going on at the finals of road to the horse you have to listen to horse radio network or go on their social media page but that's we're providing the only live play-by-play i'm going to be joined by two-time road to the horse competitor mary kitz miller who does once a month on our horses in the morning show as well and we're going to do play-by-play of the top colt starting competition in the country so keep an eye on the horses in the morning facebook page for all the details as we get closer to road to the horse on march the 18th you can visit horselovers.com for all your equestrian shopping needs including their popular deal of the day at horselovers.com i'm so excited about this in past years we've been there we've been the official radio network for years but we've never done the live coverage and 2d called and and who runs it and said i want you to do live play-by-play on sunday which they've never done before so people that are at home can sort of follow along with uh, Mary and I, and we'll be joined by uh, celebrity guests all through the four hours on Sunday. So, And we'll, uh, we're also doing shows on Friday and Saturday, so a total of eight hours from there at the Kentucky Horse Park. So that'll be fun. 
Wow, you're a busy guy. Yeah, Mary's great. It's a good thing you have a lot of energy. Although I don't know how you do it without sugar, but that's, <laughs> that's hard. You know, uh, that's Mary, hard. Mary's great too. She's so much fun to work with, and she's competed with this twice. She started a ton of cults, so she really knows what she's talking about. So I will be fluff, she will be content, and we'll make a show. All that coming up. Well, we uh, what we really we just want to get into it today. We we have. Uh, I mean, who wants to talk about the weather anymore? It just sucks. It's winter. So uh, let's, let's, go, let's do this. Let's hear from Bed in the Box and then go right into Rachel Pellison with our feature of the month, our health and wellness segment. Welcome to Bedinabox.com, where you'll find the most comfortable, pressure-relieving memory foam mattress at only one-third the cost of the leading brands. We have created an exclusive memory foam that sleeps cooler, rebounds quicker, and cradles your body in pain-relieving comfort better than other types of memory foams. Introducing our new memory foam technology. By swirl-infusing gel into our advanced memory foam, we have created an even cooler, more comfortable sleeping surface. Best of all, it's made right here in the USA. He had been dealing with back pain and chiropractor visits for a while, so we decided it was probably time to find a new mattress. So we started doing some research on memory foam mattresses and found bendabox.com. We were on a trip with some friends, and they actually had a bed in a box mattress in their camper. And on their recommendation, we decided to get one for ourselves. They got it to us in no time. We had no problem adjusting, and we were thrilled with the comfort. In fact, my husband doesn't have to get up early anymore due to back pain. He can lie in bed for as long as he likes without any discomfort. We recommend Bed in a Box to anyone who has back problems or just needs a good night's rest. We believe we have created the world's best memory foam mattress. Using independent accredited labs, we have tested our mattresses against the industry leaders to ensure comfort and durability. Test results show our mattresses relieve pressure better than the more expensive ones found in retail stores. Buying a mattress over the internet may seem risky. That's why we offer a 120-day zero-risk return policy. You get a full 100% refund if you're not satisfied. No hidden fees and no return shipping charges. And we back them with a 20-year warranty. Sound too good to be true? Don't take our word for it. Read what real customers are writing about us on Facebook, Twitter, Viewpoints.com, and other third-party review sites. We are dedicated to quality and service. We offer fast, free shipping to the contiguous U.S. Your mattress will arrive conveniently packaged and will be ready to sleep on within minutes. With the benefits of the leading brand mattresses, but at one-third the cost, why wait? Start getting the best sleep of your life. Call, chat, or email one of our friendly customer care agents to learn why 99% of our customers sleep better and toss and turn less on their new bed-in-a-box mattress. Welcome back, Rachel, to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. We're going to talk health and wellness today. What do you got for us? So we're going to talk about good and bad foods today. And Glenn has already mentioned that he is incredibly excited about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I think Helena brings you on once a month just to torture me. Yeah, it's good. It's good for you. Yes. You're man. You're in trouble. Exercise and good food. And I'm sitting here on my chair all day being lazy and fat. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you're, you're going right into my territory, so this is good. Keep the comments rolling. <laughs> you, yeah, you've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my question to get started is, what are some good foods? So I need your feedback here. Mm. 
cream, chocolate, cake, uh, ice cream. Good foods. Oh, you mean good for you or just good? Good for you. Uh, see, you got to clarify that. That's that's a, there's a big difference. Your, chocolate cake is for your mental health. I'll have to be more careful with my wording. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I'll tell you one of my favorite good foods is arugula. Mm. Very good. What do you got, Glenn? Favorite good foods. Um, Glenn's got crickets. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I got crickets. Uh, well, see, I don't eat any gluten and I don't eat any sugar. Mm-hmm. So that eliminated most of the foods I really liked. Um, so good for me foods would be anything that's not green. Um, I like carrots. Okay, carrots, good for you foods. <laughs> we might want to stop there, Rachel. I think, I think we'll, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll turn the question back to Helena. I love, you know what my favorite food is? I don't think it's good for you, but my favorite food in the whole world is potatoes of any kind. Potatoes are good for you. Okay, good. Yeah. And right. I like them. I know what you're going to say next. I like them with the skin on, actually. So The skin Perfect. is really good for yeah, you, that's right? right? Very good for you, yes. That's where all the fiber is and a lot of the nutrients, so... So I didn't get an F, I got a D. No, no, you never get a D, Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go ahead, go ahead. There's no ranking system here. (laughs) All right, so some good foods. A lot of times we think about carrots or leafy greens like arugula, veggies, um, that kind of category. And then, so my next question is, what are some bad for you foods that maybe you feel like you shouldn't eat? Uh, The whole list I gave you at the beginning. Yeah, (laughs) sugar. (laughs) Gluten for certain people. Fake food. Anything that comes in a box with an ingredients label that I can't read without my glasses. <laughs> okay, that's a great one. Um, any foods that when them you feel like, ooh, that was bad. I should, probably shouldn't have had that. You know, cheese. Cheese, and- okay. Like cheese is delicious and you think, all right, well, it's not really bad for you. You can get, you can get really good cheese, you know, that's made naturally. But I always feel guilty when I overindulge in cheese Mm -hmm. because it's, Mm -hmm. it's so high in, in calorie and fat and stuff like that. Yes. Good. So you kind of alluded right into what my next question was going to be is how do you feel when you eat those quote unquote bad foods? So you said you feel guilty. Wicked. Wicked guilty. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's funny? I don't feel guilty when I eat cake. Mmm. Because cake's so good. <laughs> it, it, it is because it feels like a treat. So you have a slice of cake or if you go out to dinner and I have dessert, um, I usually split the dessert so I don't eat one all by myself. But things like cheese and, and I'm probably totally derailing your segment, Rachel, sorry, but... <laughs> Things like cheese and butter and bread, if if I eat too much of those, you know what it is? No, I don't know. I'm all over the place. Um, if I eat too much of those, then I have a high guilt factor mm-hmm. because it doesn't, they don't feel like treats. They're, they really aren't helping my mental health. Gotcha. Um, Were you Catholic okay. growing up, by the way? Is your Me? family Catholic? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Because we always get the extra guilt, those mm. of us that grew up Catholic. We, yeah. We, we know a lot about guilt. Definitely. <laughs> I know. I spent a lot of time kicking the inside of those confessionals. <laughs> <laughs> 
forgive me, Father, for I have sinned Sin. again. Again. <laughs> can, and can oh, yeah, what? it's the same as last week's. Can I just play the recording for you? I said 999 Hail Marys. And you know what I was always in confession for? Swearing. Uh, you'd still be in confession for that. I know. It's called Stable Scoop now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry, Rachel. We are totally off the hook today. Oh, no. Rachel, what were you talking about? All right, so Rachel, I give you a piece of advice. Don't ask us yeah. any more questions. Just talk. She's not coming back like that. She's going to be like, her hands are up in the air right now. She yeah, don't ask that. us anything else. Just talk. We're going to be quiet. Go ahead. I promise. All right, so those bad foods typically elicit feelings like you have mentioned, Helena, of guilt. Some people get angry at themselves, like, why did I do that? Or they feel sad or they get depressed. Or... If you've really been restricting a food and you and you eat it, then sometimes you're like, well, screw it. I just broke my diet. So now the floodgates are open and maybe that opens the way for a binge or whatever. So well, the whole point of me asking these questions is that when you categorize foods as good and bad um, and you eat the bad foods, because at some point you're going to eat the bad, bad foods. We can't you can't live without cake or chips or whatever your bad foods are. So when you eat those then you create this negative thought process in your head. And so a lot of us don't really notice the, when this negative thought process starts to happen. But if you start to pay attention, um, it really can, you, you, you really beat yourself up sometimes. Um, and so, you know, sometimes we just think, oh, well, my, I'm thinking negative things in my head. I'm beating myself up. Well, that sucks, but, you know, whatever. But what you don't think about is that what happens in your, in your mind, what you're thinking translates to the rest of the body. So the brain is not in its little silo up in your head, you know, operation control up there. It's actually feeding messages all through the body. So your thoughts are going to change the messages that get sent to the body. Like in that movie, Inside Out. I don't know that movie. Me either. The animated movie Inside Out where the little people were in your brain and they control everything. (laughs) It was really cute. Mm. Was it about... Oh, you know what? I know. I'm not going to do that again. Okay, okay. go ahead, Rachel. <laughs> okay. Jeez. We're bad. The two of us with this attention deficit thing we like to say we have. It's, it can Tangents. get a little crazy. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Right. So when those negative thought processes get started, it releases a little hormone called cortisol. So have you guys heard of cortisol? Yes. It makes you fat around your belly. Yes, exactly. So it's the stress hormone. So when your body, when you start thinking those negative thoughts, the cortisol gets released and it's going to cause you to, your body to hold on to more fat. So it's not going to want to burn any fat. So if you eat a piece of chocolate cake and then feel guilty about it, odds are you're going to weigh more than someone who eats a piece of chocolate cake and goes, ah, that was delicious and moves on. There you go, Glenn. (laughs) She just served that right up to you. (laughs) Okay, so... We eat foods that um, make us feel guilty or we feel guilty about eating those foods. Mm -hmm. And that releases stress hormones, which communicate to the rest of our body that something's wrong and therefore we need to hold on to whatever, whatever fat is going through us, whatever these extra calories. Yep, exactly. So if you let go of the idea of good and bad foods and just make all foods on level playing field. And obviously you try to eat more greens than cake, pretty straightforward. I think we all know that. But if you let go of the idea of good and bad and don't beat yourself up about what you just ate, just move on and 
let it go, then you will actually weigh less than if you eat the same exact foods and you beat yourself up for it. Okay. So I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. Yes. This has been scientifically proven. Yes. The cortisol definitely is the, um, the fat store is going to cause fat storage in the body, especially around the midsection. So guilt, stress, cortisol, fat, those have all been linked. Yes. Okay. I believe you now. (laughs) (laughs) That was easy. (laughs) Okay. So we don't have to feel guilty. Um, so if all foods are on a level playing field, um, we eat what we can, we eat what we, we want to for the most part. So now last time you were on last month, we talked about, um, satisfying the body with foods that provide the nutrition it needs. Yep. Um, so, so sometimes I have a craving for cheese or chocolate cake or, uh, half a bag of pretzels or whatever. Um, and that's when I start to feel guilty about what I'm eating. Sometimes it's not necessarily the, the food item. It's the amount or the emotional or the stress behind the food. Yeah. So, um, but I remember that you had said last time that if we put enough good stuff in our bodies, we are then satisfying the, the natural biological appetite. And you said that we'll, we will find ourselves craving less those yeah. not good for us foods. Yeah, the more so the more you consume nutrient dense foods like we talked about last month which is going to be um veggies, fruit, whole grains, the the more your body is going to be nourished and get all the nutrients it needs like vitamins and minerals and calcium and iron etc. So it's going to inherently decrease your appetite once you have properly nourished the body. And then the other piece I'll add on to that is whenever you categorize a food as a bad food, it makes you crave it. So it's like, a, um, it's like when you can't have something, you want to have it. So that's, it's like the forbidden fruit. We'll call it that. Oh God, that's me. <laughs> so I'll give you my personal example. My forbidden fruit was Doritos. Cause I freaking love Doritos <laughs> and you would probably be surprised to see a dietitian driving around with a bag of Doritos in her car, but that is the truth. So I was like, why am I so obsessed with these Doritos? And I was like, you know what? I got to use my own techniques on myself. So I was like, whenever you want Doritos, just eat them. Just if you're at the gas station, you're like, oh, man, I really want Doritos. Just go and get a bag and eat it. And then don't feel guilty about it. Just be done with it. And I did. I just went and did that. And then for the last two months or so, no craving for Doritos. Don't even think about them. Like, don't even want them no, because I stopped making them a bad forbidden food. Says the skinny mm. girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that well, just means her methods are working. Working, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So making the bad foods bad, it 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 may it it causes more cravings and more guilt and then more cortisol. And so it's just a, a really a bad recipe. So if you can break that chain somewhere, then you make your brain a lot happier. And just everything is more relaxed. Glenn, how do you feel about, you have a lot of um, forbidden foods. I mean, but it's it's pretty much because of your health reasons and because of- It's not voluntary. Your, is it, it's yeah, not voluntary. Right. But um, do you, how do you feel about, because those, are, those foods are on the do not fly list, um, do you find that you crave them? Oh, yeah. I, the, I, you know, I've been on this diet for years and I still, you know, Jennifer made cupcakes with chocolate icing, which- <laughs> 
you know, that's just uh, that's just my favorite thing ever. And of course, I've been looking at them for days. <laughs> So, that's, you know. that's torturous. That's not a nice white. So, well, well you know, we had company, so she made him for the company, and you oh, know, okay. then I'd come into my office, and I have to walk by him every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no, I don't know that that. You know, I guess with some people it goes away, but my family was so food driven that. It, mm. it, you know, now the motivation for me is, you know, because of my Lyme disease, I if I eat too much of the wrong thing, I feel like crap. So. You know, that's my motivation. And I think, you know, yeah, physically and mentally, actually. Um, So, you know, there's a motivation there more than just weight. Weight, you know, weight's a motivator for people, but, you know, it's never been for me that huge motivator. It's like a few pounds overweight, who cares? And I think that weight is a tough one to be motivated by. When When you actually get sick from eating certain things, then that that's a much bigger motivator. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So if you can't eat certain foods for health reasons, then this is a little bit of a different story. But I think there's a way to, if you can't eat certain foods, you know, there's always a substitute of some form. No, it's not always the same. Gluten-free pizza will never be as good as wheat pizza. <laughs> you know what's up with the gluten-free um, stuff? It is getting yeah. better because so it many is. people are doing the gluten-free for, you know, just for, because yeah. um, they're doing it. Where, you know, and so it has, when I started this, what, 10 years ago, there was nothing. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah. Gluten-free was not a thing. So the people with celiac disease were the only ones that were gluten-free. And it was, you know, so it was me and 10 of my friends. Um, so that was it. And then now, now it's become much easier with the whole gluten-free thing. You know, I love bread and everything, but there is glu- good gluten-free bread now that you can bake yourself and stuff. It's the it's the sugar that's still, you know, yeah. it's still the sweets that now what I do to solve that is I I will actually have a bite or two of cake. Like she had cheesecake last night at dinner. I just had a bite or two. So I you just have you that solves it there. It satisfies, okay, I had my sweets and I'm good. I just don't eat the whole thing. Yeah, that's a great way to go. So that's kind of what I think you're saying, Rachel, is um, eat in moderation and think in moderation. So like, all right, maybe these, this bag of Doritos isn't so good for me, but I'm going to have it anyway. And so then, when, you go to the, when you go to the gas station, you're not getting the big bag of Doritos. You're getting no. a little single serving size. Okay, yes, yes, see, that's single a, serving size. <laughs> let's yeah. clarify see, that. that. Wouldn't be enough for me. I'd be like, I need yeah, two Lena's of getting two of the big you know, family size bags. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's not the kind of thing that changes overnight. So the first step is just to start paying attention to what your brain is doing to you when you eat foods. Are you beating yourself up? Are you feeling guilty? Are you, you know, opening the floodgates and going on a binge because you've been restricting? Um, you know, so that's the first step is starting to pay attention to what your brain is doing in relation to food. Um, you know, and then it's baby steps and it's, incredibly helpful to work with a coach or a nutritionist who can help you work through that stuff too. Cause it's a tough thing to figure out on your own. All right, I, it good. is. I find myself, I mean, thank God that I know personally outside the radio show. I can always ask questions and um, I take her Pilates classes and she's constantly fielding food questions from us. Um, so it, I think it does help to have somebody who can answer your questions because a lot of times that's all you need is just a quick, like, you know what? I, I want to, you know, I'm making this meal for dinner. Is this, is this cool? Um, is this all right? And then just having someone pat you on the back saying, yeah, stop worrying about it. Just chill. And you're like, okay, I can chill. 
Yeah. And then you, t- you take that back into your everyday life and it really does become less and less of a problem. You really don't. And I think, Rachel, honestly, I think the reason I don't worry so much about having a dessert or splurging a little bit on sugary, fatty treats is because you've said, stop worrying about it. And, um, I mean, I remember a time where I could go out to dinner and I'd be like, I want my own dessert. Splitting a dessert sucks. Like, ugh, who wants to do that? And now I find it is it's plenty to have half of a slice of carrot cake or something. Yeah. So, and that's probably over maybe the course of six months, six to eight months. So it does take time, but I would say probably, you know, three, only a few months, because maybe three months ago, four months ago was when I realized, hmm. I'm okay with this sharing a dessert thing. Right. As long as the person you're with is okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rachel, we've run out of time. Where can people find you and uh, more information about what you do? Um, you can find me at rachelpellison.com and also on Facebook under Healing the Hungry Soul. Healing the Hungry Soul on Facebook, and we'll post a link to that in our show notes for today's show at stablescoop.com and also on our Facebook page. Thank you, Rachel. I'm going to go have cake guys. now. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy Rachel. it. No guilt. <laughs> well, right after our health and wellness segment, Helena is having spasms over there. Uh, I don't know what's going on, so I'll tell you a little no, bit. I'm of- good now. Okay. I'm good now. <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit about... We're having some day here. I'll tell you (laughs) a little bit about the Clarion Hotel in Lexington, Kentucky. It's where we stay for Road to the Horse and Rolex. It's where we stay every time we go into Lexington, Kentucky. Your rate includes a full breakfast buffet every morning, free Wi-Fi, free airport shuttle to and from the airport for those of you that are flying in. Plus, they have a great restaurant called Cortland Southern Kitchen. And if you are into bourbon, check out the bourbon sampler at the Sports Page Bourbon Bar and Grill. They have every bourbon from Kentucky. Kentucky there. And they also have a pizza place. They have a great big pool and play park for indoor swimming pool and play park for the kids. So that's a lot of fun. And this is literally 10 minutes away. You you make a right out of the parking lot. You make a left about five miles down and you're at the Kentucky Horse Park. And you're coming in the back way so you don't have to worry about the traffic off the highway. Check uh, if you're going for any of the major events like Road to the Horse or Rolex, especially Rolex, I know they're selling out. So uh, do it now, clarionhotellex.com. One other thing, we are going to be doing a Horse Radio Network meetup at jump number one on cross-country day at Rolex. So if you're going to Rolex, uh, stay tuned. We'll give you more details, but we always meet a half an hour before the start of cross-country at jump number one, and then we sort of spend part of the uh, part of the day walking through the various jumps and then break off, and we usually meet at the alcohol then at, uh, at Eventing Nation's tent later in the day is where we meet back up. We let you them, meet the alcohol? Yeah, we meet the alcohol at Eventing Nation's tent because they give it away for free, so we always stop by there. You gotta love there. the eventers, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we go. Yep. Uh, and Eventing Nation's kind enough to just to give us lots of alcohol. <clears throat> so that's where we'll be later in the day. We descend upon their tent. So that's all uh, coming up in the next couple of months. It's going to be a lot of fun here on the Horse Radio Network. Will we have a listener interview? It is the year of the listener. And now, our Stable Scoop Listener of the Week. Well, we continue the year of the listener with uh, another one of our tremendous listeners and auditors, Lindsay Roush, from Indiana, where it's cold and snowy. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. Yeah, it's 
definitely freezing today. Yeah, I saw pictures of you this morning on your Facebook page all bundled up and we couldn't only see your eyeballs. So. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You're having lovely weather out there in the middle of the country. Well, we appreciate, one, thank you for being a listener, and two, thank you for being an auditor. We really appreciate that. I say I love it. It's fun, especially the Facebook group. Well, let's find out a little about you. Uh, so when did you get into the horse thing? Um, as far as I can remember, I started the addiction around two years old. <laughs> I remember sitting in the car going down the interstate and using the strap of my mom's purse as reins, and I was driving the horse slash car down the road. <laughs> that is so cute. <laughs> That is so cute. You I couldn't could totally remember see it. before two. What's wrong with you, Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered I was two when that happened, and it's very vivid in my mind. Some twenty some years later. So when did you get your first horse? I just got my first horse about a year and a half ago, actually. Oh wow! So you waited um, a while. There was a gap in there. Yes, um, my mom had been a trainer and rodeo coach before she had me but growing up we never had the ability to have horses so she'd snag me a ride here and there to give me a lesson but finally my husband and I got our own place out in the middle of windmill country and I got my first horse oh that must have been so exciting after all those years oh it was and I I was giddy when my husband finally gave the green light we could get horses I was ecstatic Oh, I bet you were. Well, had you been sort of, had you been planning for a little while? Like, okay, now's the time. Or did you kind of like, for me, it's like, okay, I want to get everything set up. Like I have a good job, you know, I'm living in one place and my family life, everything's all set. Did you kind of have that plan ahead of you? Somewhat. I mean, we bought a old farm that the house is 101 years old this year. And the pastures have been allowed to overgrow, so then foreclosure, the barn was a mess. And so we lived here for several years, just getting the fences right, building a new barn, you know, getting everything to the point we could have livestock even. And we started out with a couple of cows and then started picking up the horses a couple of years ago. And how does your husband feel about it now? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, he has a horse of his own. Um, it's definitely been a learning experience for him because there's been a lot more go that goes into horses than he originally thought. Uh, but I mean, most of the time he's still happy that we've got the horses and when we get a nice day and we can both take a breather, we'll go, you know, hack out through the farmer's fields and along the ditches. For a couple hours. Well, well, let's. Why well, the good opportunity to tell us about your horses? Tell us about yours and his. Okay, my horse. Um, her registered names aren't like dynamic, but we all call her Ellie. She's a pure black appendix quarter horse. I think she's got a dozen white hairs on her forehead, but other than that, she is pitch black. She oh, does cool. not have the brown nose. She is black. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, She's going to be, I think, 14 this year, but when I got her, she was a very, very green 12-year-old. Mm. Uh, we originally went looking at her for my husband because of good old Craigslist, 
it made it seem that she'd been broke, she'd been worked with, and just had the last year off. Turned out, no, she was broke as a three-year-old, sat in the pasture for eight years, had been back under saddle off and on for a year at the point I bought her. So, so a really we bad ad. Poster children. <laughs> we were the poster children for green on green mixed black and blue. <laughs> Just going to say it. Oh, How did that go? Was there things. some black and blue? Um, there was some black and blue. I still got a couple scars from coming off of her, but you know, she's taught me so much. and She is a very classic, opinionated mayor. And and she makes me work for every inch I get with her. But when she decides she wants to be with me and work with me, it is absolutely amazing. Ah. So what kind of work do you do? That just doesn't happen very often. Sorry. I know. I know. (laughs) What what's um what is a typical day? I mean, it's winter time now, and I don't know if you have what your work area is like. But mine pretty much shut down the minute the first snow falls. But when you have a chance, what is what is a typical training session with her look like? Um, if it's not nice enough to ride, sometimes we'll just do some hand walking, or I've got a forty foot round pen that I picked up about a year ago and we'll do join up in there and we'll do what I call playing tag. Once she's joined up with me and done follow up, you know, I'll walk and weave different patterns around the round pen and then I'll start cutting and running in different ways. And she'll start throwing her head and running after me and kind of be like, wait, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> that's always our fun little game. And you know, if we're out riding, we're just hacking down the roads and going and finding what new things I can point her at and her be like, what the heck is that? Is it going to eat me? Does she, how does she feel about garbage cans? Do you got, do you live in a neighborhood where people put their trash out? Um, we don't, but the one time I've ridden towards the town that does, it didn't bother her. The funny thing that bothers her is most of the year she's pastured with two to three cows. She sees cows, she bites cows, she knows what a cow is. But if we start her right past the neighbor's pastures where they've got their big herds of cows, she thinks that they are the biggest horse-eating monsters on four legs. That's so and funny. She she hits the brakes, she starts dancing and jigging and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, seriously, all the things for you to get freaked out about. And here you are like, oh, my horse is fine with cows. She lives with cows. She's cool with cows. And so you're like, that's the hard part is when you think your horse is totally used to something. And then they decide that this, there's just enough of a difference in this cow from the cow I live with every day that, and it's life or death. It's not like you're going from a cow to say a mini, which really does eat horses, but you know, it's one cow to another kind of cow. And so she catches you off guard. How do you how do you calm her down and reassure her when that happens? Um, usually, it's just a matter of trying to get her to hold her feet still because that's she's very high energy. She's very high percent thoroughbred, and so when she gets anxious, she doesn't want to hold still, mm. and she'll try and turn tail and run. So it's just getting her turned around and make her stop, and just sit there and you know sit on her with her standing still, staring whatever's freaking her out as long as it takes her to decide okay maybe it won't eat me this time Mm. but next week it's a completely new deal it could eat (laughs) her again (laughs) oh bless your heart 
And let me guess, your husband's horse is the exact opposite. No. Oh. He is, her name's Stephen. She is the best husband horse I could have ever hoped for. I mean, she is absolutely amazing, but she does the same thing when she sees a cow. She just, she doesn't try and turn and run. She just hits the brakes and starts snorting and pricking her ears up and is like, I'm not so sure what that is. It might eat me. Both of them freak out about cows, and I have no idea why. So the so so that's good. I mean, it it's good that your husband's horse is one that when they when she freaks out stops because that's the kind I like. Is if something happens and they stop, you can deal with that uh, rather than the pony I have now, where something happens, we're just going to bolt. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. it's much better stopping. <laughs> We're going to Maryland, Dad. See you yeah, later. Yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> so that's much. Yeah, much that would better. be my horse. <laughs> now, do you ever have aspirations to compete in any way? Um, I'd love to get into doing competitive trail, but unfortunately, I'm in Northern Indiana. Natrox is being close by, and the one trail event that was a couple miles away from me. They ran their very last event like a month after I bought my horse, so I've never gotten to do that event either. So, uh, watching for hopefully to get into a competitive trail, or if I have to, I might settle for arena trail. But okay. other than that, we just hack out and we have fun. Good. Well, that's what you're supposed to do with your horse. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Tell me the most adventurous place you've ever ridden a horse. <laughs> Okay, the place itself was not adventurous. You know, we were up in the Southeast Mountains in Central Idaho. And oh, that sounds adventurous. <laughs> oh, it was absolutely gorgeous. Nice trail, you know, middle of the summer. But it was the first real horse ride I'd ever been on, you know, something other than the ponies that go in circles with fair. And we descended down a hillside from the trail to go across the river to keep going on the other side and my horse got down there. It's a great little horse, but he decided that that was the halfway point for the day and he didn't want to go across the river. So he turned tail and ran back up the hillside, you know, with me in the saddle. One of our guys who was this really funny Texan came running up behind me to try and catch me. And my mom had gone down river and shot up the hillside to cut us off so that, you know, if the horse did decide to run back to the barn, she'd be between him and the barn. But I was laughing and giggling. I thought this was the coolest thing in the world, running up the hillside <laughs> crazy on a horse. My parents, on the other hand, were about ready to lose it. <laughs> and, oh, and you stayed man. on? Yeah, I stayed on. I did not come off a horse for the first time until a year and a half ago when I bought my horse. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, we know nothing about coming off horses, do we, Helena? <laughs> Me, never. Never came off a horse in my life. Never broke a bone twice. Never, never broke Don't, the same I know bone twice. About that. No. Yeah. Never. Nope. <laughs> now, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. As the, the biggest trouble I got in for coming off a horse was about seven weeks after surgery this last summer, I said I was going to hop on my horse bareback, and I just 
basically when I hopped up, I hopped too far and just kind of let myself slide off the other side. <laughs> Luckily, that. I had my helmet on, but I put an inch-long crack in the back of my Troxel helmet. And when my husband found out, he was livid. Yeah, he's about wow. ready to take away access to the horse and everything else for me pulling that stunt. You know, it's funny. That's how it happens. Like, you know, it's always the silliest little thing. You're not like, oh, I was riding across the United States and I fell off my horse <laughs> or I was doing, you know, the Tevis Cup. It's there's literally like, oh, yeah, I was just, you know, screwing around and I went to go jump on my horse and went off the other side. And but how many times do we see those videos, right? We see those videos all the time where the, the person's getting on and falls off the other side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's how I came off uh, pie and tore my ACL. I was trying out a new saddle in shorts and wellies. Duh. Um, but <laughs> doesn't but, everybody? So it's, it's, it's funny that, um, or it's interesting and wonderful that you had your helmet on. So, you know, even though we take certain liberties, when we're really comfortable with our horses and we're at home, we take, I think, liberties that we might not otherwise take. But, you know, God bless you for putting your, your helmet on. I don't think I would have been getting back up if I hadn't because I landed flat on my back and it was late summer. So it was like a hard packed flight where I landed and I was, yeah. my head was swimming a little bit with the helmet on. I probably would have been out cold without it. Oh, sweetie. I'm glad you're okay. Well, Lindsay, <laughs> before we get to the rapid fire questions that Helena's going to ask you here that we do at the end of every one of these listener interviews, we have a couple of other things. What shows do you listen to at the, on the Horse Radio Network? Um, pretty much everything except for the eventing show. Um, you know, I was listening to horses in the morning, stable scoop. I listened to the driving show because I had one driving lesson as a kid and I've wanted to do it again ever since. <laughs> we'll see if I get around to it or not. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, and then I love listening to the dressage show, even though I'm Western already, just because of all the great training tips in it. And horsemanship and healthy critters are nice to add into my podcast. Well, well. You, you, said, you listened to almost all of them, so thank you for that. We appreciate yeah. that. And you mentioned earlier uh, in the interview, we talked about you being an auditor, and you said the thing you liked most about being an auditor was the Facebook, the auditor's private Facebook page. Yep. It is so much fun, and all the random conversations that go on in there, it's crazy. Yeah, I would. Uh, if if uh, you want to take a look at being an otter, just head over to our stable scoop, uh, com. There's a big banner in the middle of the page. Just click on it for as little as a dollar a month. You can join the fun in there. We're almost up to a hundred auditors. We have three more to go, and we're gonna do a we're gonna do one of Glenn's boxes of crap for the hundredth auditor. So get you you don't know you might be the one. Hop on over there and check that out today. Okay, Helena, are you ready for the rapid fire questions? I am ready. The question is whether or not. Lindsay's ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. What's your favorite food? Fully loaded baked potato. Oh, I'm oh. just talking about how I love potatoes. I know. Well, Rachel <laughs> said you could eat potatoes. Yeah, but well, how about the cheese and the sour cream? And the <laughs> well, actually, here it is. You're not going to eat a fully loaded baked potato every single day. So go ahead and have a fully loaded baked potato. Enjoy it. I like that kind of diet. It's a yeah. good diet, isn't it, Lindsay? You can always mix it up. I mean, sometimes I'll use plain yogurt or cottage cheese in place of sour cream. And changes of the flavor and makes it like a whole new potato. What's wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, plain yogurt's pretty cool. <sighs> cottage cheese. Okay, go ahead. All right. What food do you despise, Lindsay? 
currently it's going to be Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I keep trying to like them and I just cannot get over it. Yeah. There's you know, that's our second Brussels sprouts hater. Right yeah. There. There's a, you know, I think Brussels sprouts are, you know, some foods you can stomach, but then there's just foods that you can't eat. And that seems to be the way with Brussels sprouts. Uh, well, I had Buck had, has made them for me. He he browns them in a in a pan, you know, in a frying pan, with just a little bit of a little bit of olive oil or sometimes butter, so that they taste nutty and toasty. Because I couldn't eat them before either, and then I had them like this one day, and now I'm a Brussels sprout fan, and I'm the last person I'd ever expect to like Brussels sprouts. But that's just me. Okay, so you know what, Lindsay? Is that after we a lot of alcohol you? or uh, just? Oh, just go ahead. That's with a lot of alcohol. Yeah, yeah that's I do. Right. You know, we have the fit. Well, it's usually with fish and Brussels sprouts. <laughs> All right. But that's okay, Lindsay, because we love you even if you don't like Brussels sprouts. I that's love you totally more. Cool. I love you more because you don't like Brussels sprouts. All right. What is, <laughs> what's your biggest equestrian pet peeve? Um, this is actually from the perspective of being the one not on the horse. My husband and I do a lot of hiking and backpacking. And what drives me utterly up the wall is when you're on a common use trail that's for backpackers and for horses. And you get horse people who have not sacked their horses out to being around backpackers because apparently most horses think that a backpacker is a human with a monster on its back. And so they really flip out about it. And a lot of horse people are like, hey, can you talk to my horse so they realize you're human? Yeah. But there's a lot of people who will just start barking at you. Oh, you need to get over there and you need to talk like this and, just start going off about everything you need to do to accommodate the fact that they haven't properly sacked their horse out to be on a common use trail and drives me up the wall. I can't believe wow. horses are freaking out about people. I mean, that's, it's not some, a bear I get, but, uh, yeah, that's a really, I, I, that's a really good peeve because, um, you know, we do all experience that from time to time and, you know, everybody has a responsibility on the trail. The 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 backpackers, the bikers, um, and the horse people. And it's one thing to say, okay, could you please, you know, like I will say, I'll just be like, hi, <laughs> really loud, you know, so people have to say hello back. And my horse is like, all right, it's just a person. But, um, you know, for someone to scold you out there or to, you know, make it seem like it's your responsibility to – not spook their horse. Huge peeve. I get it, Lindsay. Wow. Okay. I'm going to be chewing on that one for a while. That's going to be our topic for next week's show. <laughs> I'm, go. I'm, going to, I'm going to bite down and run with that. Okay. Um, who is your favorite celebrity? Who is your favorite equestrian celebrity or professional? Uh, Buck Brandman. Oh, me too. Love him. All right. And, and folks, if you're listening and you don't know who Buck Brandman is, I very strongly suggest they're not listening you to, to his... this show. Then, <laughs> yeah, you need to go look up Buck Brandman. Just Google him, um, and you must read "Far Away Horses," which is my favorite book of his. Okay. Well, if you want to get even easier, you just go get the Buck movie, which is like five or ten bucks at Walmart, and watch that, and then you get addicted and buy the whole Seven Clinics DVD series. Yes, I have that, but there was something special about the book that. Um, Maybe it was the time in my life when I read it, but there was, I don't know. I felt after reading that book, I came away with a very um, different view of life, not just uh, through horses. So mm-hmm. 
CDs or you can do the book, but rock on. Lindsay's got a, a she's got a great celebrity equestrian professional, Buck Brannon. All right. If you could choose a different career that doesn't involve horses, what would it be? I'd love to start my own business in some form. I just can't really decide at the moment what I want to do. It's like different things that I enjoy. I'm like, okay, which one do I actually want to make a business out of? That's kind of where I'm at. What could you see yourself doing for 14 hours a day? (laughs) That's the thing. I mean, I've got lots of different things that I enjoy doing and I've done for different employers, but turning it into a business, like I love project planning and I love doing logistics work. I've got an engineering background. I'm really all over the map. I am shocked at how many engineers listen to our shows. <laughs> really we got the smarties, Glenn. I, I am shocked. We have doctors, lawyers, engineers. You people should not be. We, we are. We are helping you devolve, not grow as people. <laughs> I don't get why you're listening to our shows, but we're, yeah, we appreciate you do. Live. Need whew, more growth. They need. Got, they need some downtime, which is why they tune in. <laughs> yeah, see, we put forty to fifty hours a week of having to be highly technical and efficient and do everything properly and it's really nice to just spend an hour an hour and a half and be like i don't have to care about the details for a little while i can just enjoy myself so we're your dumb time is that what you're saying or uh, uh, do no, i mean down you're my entertainment time. okay all right all right. Wow. all right all right so talking about entertainment if you had a million dollars to entertain yourself and you could go on a trip, where would you go? I'd go to Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, I've wanted to go down there for so long. I think it'd be so much fun to spend a few weeks down there in those two countries. Mm, turn yourself into a little hobbit and just explore that countryside. Pretty much. Okay. I think I might go with you. Yeah, you can if you decide you're going to go oh, there. Shoot me an email, you know. Okay, I'll mate. Okay, mate. <laughs> um, how do you feel about mourning people, Lindsay? <laughs> um, I actually tend to be a mourning person, even though I don't like to be. I do a lot better if I get up and I'm going in the morning but it really takes me a lot to convince myself to do it. So I guess I'm okay with morning people. Just don't be overtly chipper first thing in the morning. I oh, need she'd hate my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jennifer all the time is saying, I don't mind. I, do, I really don't mind you, uh, you know, being, being like wide awake at four o'clock in the morning and ready to go, <laughs> but just don't include me in it. Go into another part of the house and be wide awake and bouncing off the walls at four in the morning. So, yeah, yeah, that's what we yeah, call yeah, Jennifer said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he gets online and he like messages me. What are you doing? <laughs> are you working? Check this out. Well, there's nobody else up at four o'clock in the morning. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm the morning person, but I'm quiet. I tiptoe downstairs in the dark. And the only thing I do is make a pot of coffee. And then I mind my own beeswax. I feed the horses. And then I mind my own beeswax until like seven o'clock at least. And then I go jump on everybody's bed because I'm lonely and bored. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Wake up. I'm awake. <sighs> okay. Um, back to our list. What's the craziest thing you've ever done, and would you do it again? Um, I went on the world's longest zip line. It's a place called Icy Straight Point in Alaska. It's over a mile long, and you drop wow. several hundred feet. It takes like four to five minutes from top to bottom. Wow. And 
the first six feet are okay. You know, like, I was freaking out a little bit when they pulled the gigs. There's six lines that all go down at the same time. And, like, am I sure I should have done this? Oh, this isn't so bad. And then, like, six to ten feet out of the gate, there's, like, a 300-foot cliff. And you're like, I am just out here in the middle of nowhere. There is nothing. But it's an amazing view. You get to look out over their harbor, and you've got all the woods right below you. So a lot of people have spotted bears and different things from up on the zip line. And if I ever go on that cruise again, I will definitely do the zip line again. It's so worth it. I'm watching the video right now on their website, which is icystraightpoint.com. And oh my God, not a, you know, usually zip lines, you're right above the trees. You guys are way up there. <laughs> it's, it is so much fun. And, and I don't, I don't like is, it contro- is the speed controlled? Because they don't seem to be going super fast. And they probably should be looking at this. But um, The way you control your speed basically is you stick your arm out, make yourself a little bit bigger so you get some more wind drag, and you can slow yourself down a little bit. But you're <laughs> slow still going wind drag. pretty fast. <laughs> I work to slow down. That's how I do a half halt. <laughs> 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 well, this one does look like but, fun, though. This one does. You sort of sit in the seat in this one. Uh, yeah. yeah. And if you see in the video, if they show where you end, they've got these giant springs and it basically catches yeah. your line and you go like flinging 90 degrees. So you're parallel to the ground and then you kind of swing back and bounce around until you come to a stop. That's craziness. <laughs> All right. Okay. Next one up. If you could have just one superhero power, what would it be? Um, this is where I'm going to let my nerdiness kind of fly. So I know at least Glenn's familiar with Star Trek and Deanna Troy, how she's an empath and she can feel basically the emotions and things of everyone around her. I would love to be able to do that. And I know it sounds nerdy. Well, I can tell you from as an empath, it's challenging. <laughs> Because you don't get to filter out what you don't get to filter out the bad stuff. Unfortunately, you do filter. You, I've, you get got it a, I've got a bit of it, and I've got enough of it that sometimes I get my signals crossed. So I'm like, I just like to go all the way. And then I know I've got it right. That's a very good point. That's that's a very good point. And once you learn that you have it, once you learn that there's a pipeline there, um, you learn how to keep it clean so that things things can come in. And you get you get good at it. So something comes in, uh, and if it's a good feeling, then it's, that's great. But if it's not so good, you figure out how to um, kick that right back out again. You'll you'll get the feeling. You'll um, so you'll receive it. You can process and digest it, and then you can eliminate it right away. So and it's you're right. It is much better than getting it partially. But that's a like an amazing superpower. I wish I knew how to use mine, but I'm still learning how to clean out the damn pipeline. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. Roto Rooter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Roto Rooter. No kidding. You know what? Right? Yeah, Roto Rooter. See, that's what shows like Stable Scoop do and Horses in the Morning. They you get all clogged up with stuff, you know, and then you gotta root out your pipeline with entertainment and laughter. There's a whole new commercial. Exactly. <laughs> and tequila. <laughs> A quality tequila helps too. <laughs> Sipping tequila. Yeah, maybe the radio network, the rotorooter of your brain. <laughs> She's brilliant, Glenn. She's brilliant. If you could ask your horse one question and she could answer, 
what would you ask? Um, my horse is, has an ulcer problem. Part of it's from her being so antsy and whatnot. And I would love for her to teach me basically how to read when it's her ulcers making her feel bad and when she's just in a bad mood. And then a way to tell her that when I'm giving her, you know, a med, it's like, this will make your tummy feel better. Because even though I know it'll make her feel better when she is having problems, she still fights me every bit of the way. But you see her the next day and she's so much better. And she's like, yes, that shot I gave you, that made you feel better. Believe me, there are a ton of husbands who can't talk to their wives that want the same thing. <laughs> to be able to know the difference. Well, just give us the shot to make us feel better. And we'll, get it. we'll get on board. God. Lindsay, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us uh, this week. And we're so glad that you got to be part of our year of the listener. And thank you again for being an auditor. We appreciate that as well. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products, where funny names mean serious products. Featuring Uncle Jimmy Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love, the award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hangin' Balls, Uncle Jimmy's Sugar-Free Ball, the incredible Licky Thing, also in Sugar-Free, the amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker Wrecker, and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hangin' Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious flavored filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it, and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors. Apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed. This Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by my own company, Sparkle and Boom. What is it? It's a marketing firm. We offer creative and practical marketing services for small business owners. Whether you own a horse farm, you're a veterinarian, a trainer, or a truck driver, whatever your business may be, we can help you promote it. We can help you get recognized, acknowledged with the right audience. A lot of people want to market their business to the whole world. We help you market the, your business to the right people so they become your clients. Visit us online at sparkleandboom.com. And coming up today, I have an Ada recording that I did over there last week. This is with Dervet. Everybody's probably heard of the company Dervet. Well, Dervet has a whole bunch of animal health products and a whole bunch of different kinds of things. But one of the things they have is chicken products. They carry a whole bunch of different chicken products. And I know a lot of you have chickens, backyard chickens. So you're going to learn something today. I did not know chickens needed wormed. And this is why. Well, I'm here at Ada in Philadelphia, in snowy, cold Philadelphia, and I am with Jordan, and we are talking about some Dervet products, and today, we're going to the chickens. 
Going to the chicken We're going side. to the chickens. Every show I go to now, I have to find a chicken something because so many of our listeners have chickens now. About half our listeners, I think, have chickens. And I have met a couple people today that have already have this. And they, we just were talking with people who had this. It's the chicken swing. Yeah. This has been around for a little while, right? It's... It's new to the Dervet world, but I think that it has been around a little bit. Now, what it is, it's it's an ergonomically correct chicken swing. Now, what makes an ergonomically correct chicken well, swing? You don't want your chickens to get carpal tunnel. Oh, yeah, because that's something I worry that's, about a lot. That's something that's always in people's <laughs> minds, you know. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Worry, worry every day about <laughs> exactly, my chickens exactly. carpal tunnel. So what I really worry about my chickens getting eaten by coyotes. But <laughs> Exactly. Well, if they're ergonomically correct and have no carpal tunnel, they can run like heck away from them. Good answer. So, uh, so this is actually a swing that you hang from whatever a tree or whatever. From the, you can hang it in their coop from a tree. Uh, yeah, and, and it hangs can, down about what four feet? Yeah, about four feet. You want to get it, you know? How up, f- far off the ground do you want it? Depends. That's on the one people the thing that people chicken. said. It has to be right at the right height, or they won't use it. Exactly. You want you can move it depending on the growth of your chicken. So you know, I wouldn't get it. It's basically you want it roost high, so a couple feet three feet at the max but you know one to three foot range you get that off the ground they're gonna hop up there and swing on it and you're probably gonna see them having a good time and they just like swinging on it because they like it's fun they just like it because it's fun and it's kind of a a roost-like mentality for them so they get up there and you know they can lay eggs on it they can lay eggs on it do they i would say they probably would crack by the time they hit the (laughs) ground but uh but that's uh that's uh their own their own deal there how much do these run Retail, they're going to run anywhere from $22 to $24, $25, just depending on the market. But, uh, you know, for, for the chicken owner that wants to see his chickens having a good time and uh, give them something to do in their coop, then. And this is called the Foul Play Products uh, Chicken Swing, and it, you can find it at foulplayproducts.com. And go there and watch the video. It's hilarious of the chicken swing yeah. on them. Foulplayproducts.com. All right, good. And then, and then this is something I didn't know about either. We're still, we're still on chickens here. This is something I didn't know about, and I didn't know that poultry needed dewormed until well, yeah. I saw your poultry dewormer. We, when we had chickens 30 years ago, we didn't do any of this stuff. We ground up some shells to give back to them, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then they like oyster shells too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, I don't think, we, I don't think there were these products on the market all those years ago. There might not have been, but we have the, just the right product to clean up your chickens. The Strike 3 poultry dewormer, what you do, you give it to them three to four times a year based on their living conditions. It's a feed-through? It's a feed-through, yes, okay. sir. It makes it with Because I didn't, I, giving them a shot would be fun. Yeah, no, that'd be a challenge. Or that trying to be, give them the paste in the mouth. Exactly, that would be a challenge. No, sir, this is a feed-through product. Mix one bag, one one-pound bag with 50 pounds of feed, and uh, you give it to them for 16 days in a row, and they're um, going to be worm-free. Now, the good thing about this product and the main benefit is there's no egg withdrawal. You know, a lot of other... A lot no of what? There's no egg withdrawal. You can okay. eat the eggs the whole entire time that oh, you're yeah, feeding was, this to them. I, you know, I never thought about that. Yeah. You know, there, there's on a lot of products, there's uh, there is an egg withdrawal. But this, there's no egg withdrawal, and um, your chickens will be cleaned up. Now, uh, a So it doesn't pass through to us, and then we don't have to worry about worms? No. They shouldn't pass through to <laughs> us, but hey, you might, get a, you might get a few more eggs out of these chicks, so... The side, you know, the collateral benefits are going to pass right onto our bellies. So yeah. And so you give it to them three, four times a year. I assume you don't give them much. 
No. I mean, you have a bag here that's one pound. That's a one-pound bag, and that'll mix mix into a 50-pound bag of feed. Okay, so this yeah. is a lot of chickens. That, that'll feed a lot of chickens. If you, if you don't think your chickens will eat 50 pounds of feed in 16 days, cut it in half. You know, Kind of see what they eat as far as a feed, feed ration yeah. within a 16-day period. And that's and what you want them to have. That's what then. you want them to have, yes, sir. Because it's just going to be mixed in. It's just going to be mixed in. They'll, you know, a question that I get sometimes is, well, how do you know how much they're getting? You know, it's kind of a free-range pick right. and feed. Well, they're going to get enough just by picking as a normal feed. Uh, they'll get enough is what they need. Yeah, they usually fight for their own. Oh, yeah. And the one that isn't getting enough is going to die anyway. So Exactly. That's, exactly. I've had exactly. So the ones that are going to get gonna, it. He's a little man on the total pole. He ain't going to do too well. Exactly. So. There is a, there's a pecking order yeah, with chickens. It so. certainly is. Where do people find out about this? Well, you can go to dervet.com, and you okay. can find some information on that. And you uh, have a lot of other chicken products, we've too. We've got a ton of other chicken products that people can. We got pretty much, we got your flock covered from uh, from head to toe as far as anything that, how, that we could help a chicken out. How, how much of your business, how, what percentage of your business is chickens? Guess it's probably growing because everybody's getting chickens. To be chickens. honest with you, the, the, the people with, the number of people with chickens, small flocks, whether that be three or four in their backyard, yeah. the, the folks that live in town, or, you know, the ones with 20, 30, 40 chickens, it is, the chicken market is just rapidly expanding. I mean, it is, the chicken aspect of our business has grown dramatically in the last year. So <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> Very good. Dervet.com is where you can find it. Thanks a lot, Jordan. Thank you. I appreciate it. You don't have any chickens. Um, well, I pro- Not yet. <laughs> I'm surprised, actually. I, I would picture you having a dozen chickens out there for the wolves to eat. <laughs> well, we have, yeah, coyotes. Well, my neighbor has plenty of chickens. He has, like, I don't know, 120 of them. Oh, so, so you get eggs from them? We Yeah, we get eggs from him. He has more and, eggs than he knows what to do with. <laughs> no, no, he sells them. Oh, does so he? So he has yeah. a little, he puts a cooler out at the end of his driveway and um, a little, you know, honor system box, and he sells them for $4 a dozen. Oh well, you're getting uh, you're getting free range chicken eggs. Super free range, yeah. yeah. Sometimes they free range in our yard. <laughs> <laughs> but um, which you would think, you know, give us a break on the price, buddy. But actually, they're discounted from like if you go to our local gro- grocery store here, a better grocery store, you can get a uh, free range organic farms for like six dollars. Wow. So eggs are expensive right now. They've gone yeah. way up in the store. Yeah, I don't I know, know what's going on. There must be an avian flu or something because eggs went way up. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's all this kind of like you have to go cage-free now. So a lot of the states are enacting laws right. that prohibit um, those horrific caged. Which is causing the even, price to go up, I guess. Yeah, uh, I don't even uh, want to call it housing. I don't know. So anyway, what are we talking about again? I, I, well, I think we're just going to wrap Chicken. up the show now. Thank you, everybody, for putting up with the sound issues today. We appreciate you still being here to the end of the show. Uh, hopefully next week will be better, but it was totally out of our control today. We couldn't do anything about it. And we appreciate our sponsors and also, you know, we uh, I don't, uh, poor Rachel. I don't think Rachel is ever going to come back for a health and wellness segment. No, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't, I wouldn't no, blame her. I don't think she is. Uh, you know, you're, it's a good thing we know her really well because <laughs> otherwise I don't think she's coming back. And Lindsay, of course, we thank her for being part of the show and for listening. And we also appreciate all of you guys out there listening as well. Uh, for details about uh, to, uh, today's show, go to stablescoop.com. It's where we have all of the information and links to all of the guests that we've had for the last eight years. 
And I want to also thank Helena. We did a little, we did a blab. She did her first blab the other night. Uh, we did a, and if you don't know what a blab is, go to blab.im and you'll see. She had to be on video looking all sexy. And she was. She did a good job. We talked, we were geeking out about the world of podcasting with other podcasters. It was kind of fun to geek out about that, wasn't it? It was really fun. Yeah. Oh, my God. I loved it. You know, we've been I, just like, doing it so long, but we haven't really talked about what we do, you know, with other podcasters. So it's kind of fun to get to do that and talk about it. It's true. I mean, if we get five or ten minutes ahead of a, you know, before our show, sometimes we get to digest a little bit of that together. But definitely not in the forum, the type of forum that we did the other night. It was wonderful. I Please invite me back on because I really enjoyed it. And you were really good. Thanks. You, I was very well, nervous. You brought the intelligent to the group, or to well, at least with, <laughs> you know when I'm there. So I'm really glad that you make somebody at the Horse Radio Network makes us look intelligent because I certainly don't <laughs> contribute a lot to that. So well, too bad I can't do that during our shows. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say goodbye. Let's just go. Let's <laughs> I think everybody go. knows where to listen to us. That's yes. it, Helena. That is plenty, um, but there will be more, as always, next week. Until then, happy scooping.